2: now
3: Now, noblegoldinvestments.com. dot This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision.
4: Hey guys, it's so good to be live with you again. Well, a lot uh, has happened in the U.S. in just the past week or so in regards to free speech and censorship, and I want to make sure that nobody's missing some key things that seem to be glazed over a lot. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security, a federal agency uh, under the branch of the US president under the arm of the US President he has control of it. Um, it's supposed to focus on terrorism activity and make sure making sure Americans are safe in regards to foreign actors typically but right now what the Department of Homeland Security has been zoning in on uh, over the past year is its own citizens. Um, we have touched on this over the course of the past year, uh, various bulletins DHS has put out, Department of Homeland Security, in regards to American citizens who talk about the election and who talk about the pandemic in the wrong way, and the fact that the, that, that DHS considers that they may be terror threats. Okay. So now, just this past week, we have the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board, which is, as far as I can tell, kind of formalizing what DHS has already been up to. Now, if you look at what DHS has put out on its website, it's very clear. DHS makes it very clear that they are working in close contact with private partners. What do they mean by private partners uh, in regards to uh, being aware of and then mitigating online threats well where are these online threats posted on on the big social media outlets um they never name their online uh, they never name their their private partners when they talk about this but it's clear uh that a private partner would be one of these top social media corporations in regards to identifying the threats posted online okay so DHS talks about funneling money uh, to some of their private partners to make sure we're mitigating threats uh, of, you know, any any wording online that could even lead up to a threat, not necessarily a threat itself. So what's happening here is uh, a level of cronyism that appears to be directly infringing on our First Amendment rights to speak freely. I mean, we have we supposedly these are just decisions being made by these social media corporations, but from what we can tell um, online, it appears uh, from the DHS's own writings, which I'll show you, that they are incentivizing social media corporations through money to delete certain information. So now they have an appointed this disinformation governance director who's blatantly biased, and uh, we'll show you some things about her as well, that if she's in charge, she's going to make sure to censor the free sharing of information as far as as we can tell. Okay, in addition to that, just in the past week, 60 nations around the world signed a Declaration for the Future of the Internet, they um, encamp- encapsulated censorship in a glossy case of saying we love free speech. It was a very mani- manipulative and concerning declaration. The declaration, they really made it seem like it was about keeping the Internet super free, but they threw in their how they wanted to tackle disinformation, which is the term used right now to censor conversations that this group, you know, that, that, that our governments don't like. So I'm going to play some sound bites from these world leaders because they, they did an international 60 member zoom call that I don't think anyone's really listened to. Um so I'm going to play sound bites from that and I am going to remind you of how Obama introduced this topic so eloquently in his speech just a week prior to this announcement that our words are not going to be as free. Before we get into the sound bites, I want to shout out the sponsor of my coverage Noble Gold. Now it's time to set the goal for the next cycle of inflation this way You're already moving forward, growing, making money, not losing it. Imagine have more freedom and more fun. Start a gold IRA with Noble Gold now and fight inflation. And this month, for every IRA uh, above twenty thousand, you'll get an incredible uh, uh, twenty. You'll get an incredible three ounce silver American Virtue coin for every IRA above twenty thousand. Completely free. This coin comes with uh, with your IRA. As a thank you, you can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Call 877 now to find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com, which is linked right down below. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Okay. I always get calls during my live show for some reason. Uh, I want to play, uh, you know, when I was researching uh, what what DHS is really up to because, uh, they're backtracking like crazy now. They just put out a new bulletin yesterday being like, no, 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 we love free speech. Um, so, but reading the intricate details of what DHS is proposing in regards to disinformation, this, uh, it's not like they're gonna go arrest people for saying certain words. What they're doing is, uh, using money to control, uh, to incentivize other people censoring. And to control the narrative and put, and also using a lot of money to push out propaganda to control the narrative. Uh, but, here, Carl uh, Rove got it. He he said something on Fox News, so let's zone into that. You're missing
5: the story. You're missing the story. It has no statutory authority to step in and do something against somebody. They may be able to come out and publicly condemn them. They may be able to come out and say, this is happening, but the credibility of this uh, of this board is shot already by the fact they appointed this woman, and they knew it. They appointed her apparently two months ago, and we find out about it yesterday. The real purpose of the board is to distribute money. It does have authority to distribute money and they've made it clear, Mayorkas has made it clear that they're gonna put a priority on minority communities who are being misled by disinformation with a special emphasis on hispanics now let's think about that for a minute. What is the one group in the electorate this year? Hmm. The Democrats are nervously shaking and, and, and their hands over because they're afraid that they're going to see significant drop right. in the support for a Democrat candidate The Hispanic community so this is at this sounds like a political uh, gambit being led by somebody who has no credibility in leading such a, a, a board concerning disinformation.
4: The disinformation governance board leader, uh, let's look at her previous tweets, Nina Jan- uh, Jankowitz, here she is, quote, well, now we can stop calling WikiLeaks unbiased and start calling them what they've always been, scum, she said in 2017, which, um, you know, WikiLeaks is is a group that uh, receives tips and actual, they, they receive actual evidence from anonymous sources and then put it out to the public, which is what we call journalism. And so she is against them putting out Journalism, all they do is dump information out for people to look at. That's that's a key part of free speech. She's against that, so she's she has put out a a a big number of uh, concerning tweets that make it clear that she is not for free speech whatsoever. Now, just the headline. Today, out of the Wall Street Journal, GOP pushback swamps administration's plan for disinformation board. Biden officials say blowback jeopardizes broader bipartisan efforts while Republicans raise speech concerns. The Biden administration's announcement of a new government board that it says aims to support efforts to fight disinformation has set off a partisan dispute over its mission. DHS is now backpedaling. Alejandro Mayorkas has a new bulletin out being like, no, 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 we love free speech. Let me show you that bulletin. Uh, just published a few hours ago yesterday afternoon. Headline fact sheet DHS internal working group protects free speech and other fundamental rights when addressing disinformation that threatens the security of the United States, the U S department of Homeland security is charged with safeguarding the United States against threats to its security, including threats, threats exacerbated by disinformation, disinformation, which is false information that's deliberately spread with the intent to deceive or mislead can take many forms. They said, um, and sadly, uh, there's no telling when when our government leaders are going to decide that what we say is dis- disinformation. As I learned in January when I put out factual information about a federal election that happened in Wisconsin. And uh, fact checkers came after me writing false defamatory things, deceiving their readers in regards to the factual information information that I put out. So it's very concerning times. Now uh, they talk here about how they're like, look, 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 this is not about censoring your voice. American people. Let me give you uh, some bullet points. They say here, they talk about customs and border patrol, countering disinformation that cartels and human smugglers spread to migrants to persuade them to cross this, the Southwest border. You know, so they like to counter that, disinformation that incentivizes migrants to come up with information telling the migrants you will be arrested if you come up. Um, so I'm just wondering, have they arrested the, or have, have they, yeah, have they come after, has DHS come after the red cross for their pamphlets that had road, roadmaps from Panama all the way into the U S that were found in the Spanish language on Texas ranchers after mi- migrants drop the pamphlets once they'd successfully crossed the border. You can look up articles on that. If you Google the articles, you're not going to find them <laughs> due to Google censorship, but use DuckDuckGo. Uh, so they, they're like, that's, that's the stuff we're trying to counter. They're mentioning cartels do that. Do they know that the Red Cross does that? Okay. Their number two bullet point. See, back in 2012, they say, Hurricane Sandy, uh, FEMA corrected false information about the safety of drinking water and local shelters. Apparently people were putting out the wrong information and FEMA had to just use taxpayer money to put out bulletins about where you can find drinking water in local shelters. So they're saying that a lot of DHS's efforts is just about funding the dissemination of information, basically DHS becoming a newspaper itself, they're saying. And number three, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency works with private sector stakeholders to mitigate the risk of disinformation in U.S. critical infrastructure, work that can continue in light of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Department of... Identifies disinformation that threatens the homeland through publicly available sources, research conducted by academic and other institutions, and information shared by other federal agencies and partners. So they mention their their partners, their private partners there, and how they share information together to uh, take down uh, take down threats to our security. Now, this fact sheet stays super vague and mild because right now DHS is taking a lot of heat. If you look back at DHS's bulletin in February, it connects the dots on what DHS is really up to. Um I want to show you DHS's bulletin from February, and then I'm going to talk about how Republican senators are fighting back against this uh federal attempt to control our our words but here we have the department of homeland security bulletin february uh, 7th of this year summary of terrorism threat to the u.s homeland the united states remains in a heightened threat they say and a threat environment fueled by several factors including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories And other forms of mis, dis, and mal information introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. Okay. So they are making it clear. And now they really break it down here what, what these threats of terrorism are. Key factors contributing to the current heightened threat of, threat environment. Include the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which so discord or undermine public trust in US government institutions. For example, there's widespread online pro- proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated election stuff and stuff with the new illness pandemic. Okay. That's what they say here. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. Uh, and then they do mention foreign powers or two, but they're really zoning in on the America's own, the, the, the American people themselves. How we're responding. DHS just last year, they established a new uh, agent, a new office of intelligence and analysis dedicated to domestic terrorism, um, there's a new branch specifically focusing on us American people as terrorists. Okay, that takes a lot of tax mayor- taxpayer money to form this whole new branch. Also, last year, uh, DHS designated domestic violence extremism as a national priority area. So again, the word domestic that means the national priority. In the Department of Homeland Security is focusing on its own people as terrorists. Uh, they, in in prioritizing Americans as terrorists, DHS uh, designated at least twenty uh, at least seventy seven million dollars uh, that they spent on preventing, preparing for, protecting against, and responding to related threats. So they're funneling a lot of money, um, to stopping the threats that they're seeing from Americans. And like they said above what those threats are, they're things that people write online in regards to the election and the pandemic in 2021, they say, uh, one of their, branches awarded about 20 million dollars in grants through its targeted violence and terrorism prevention grant program. CP3 also partnered with local communities to raise awareness about how to prevent violence. So in awarding grants, that means they're, they're giving taxpayer money to private entities to prevent you know, any of this radicalization, you have to read between the lines that what they're, uh, what they're doing is, is trying to stop that communication on those topics online. It's online, online censorship. They're funding online censorship and they, and throughout all this, they talk about their pro- public private partnerships. Um, so they have these agreements with private companies to, Try to stop communication in regards to the new illness, the pandemic, and uh, and election stuff. They spell that right out, right off the top. Election stuff and pandemic stuff are top concerns for the risk of terrorism. Um, that that any of this conversation could. If if the conversation continues, it could cause people to be violent. They're saying that's what it, what they're doing. Apparently, incentivizing these companies to censor, as far as we can tell. So it's kind of like they're overstepping the First Amendment um, themselves. So let's see what's going on. Senate, uh, Congress is just pushing back. You can see this headline. Disinformation board may be illegal and require a vote by Congress, Senator Tell's DHS. Uh, the Biden administration's new disinformation governance board may be illegal and subject to a vote in Congress. A Republican senator is warning Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. And that senator is Bill Haggerty from Tennessee. He wrote a letter to the DHS secretary, which I'll show you here. Uh, here's his letter, April 29th. Uh, he says here the establishment of this board will significantly impact Americans' free speech rights and cuts across numerous areas of government and society. It'll change the re- relationship between the government and the governed to whom it answers. It will also substantially increase administrative costs for the number of different federal agencies engaged in this effort, which will impose increased costs on the American taxpayers. Given this broad impact, Congress should be setting American policy in this area and certainly reviewing executive action.
2: Order now.
1: fighterflare.com
4: action impact uh, impacting such fundamental rights. And therefore it is imperative that this action receive congressional review. So major pushback against Alejandro Mayorkas, which is I think why he put out this updated bulletin yesterday being like, we're sorry, we, we love free speech. We're not trying to infringe here. But uh, so Senator Haggerty is highlighting the issue of taxpayer dollars in this Bulletin. Because what the DHS is doing is trying to funnel a bunch of tax dollars towards censorship, essentially. Um, I have linked all these key things that I'm showing down in my description. If you guys want to look at this stuff itself, um, so you know, a part of the the bulletins they met they mention um, CISA which is uh, the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Uh, there's all kinds of info out there um, on CISA's website, CISA.gov, uh, releasing new tools to help organizations guard against insider threats. This is basically to help corporations prevent whistleblowers, uh, uh help corporations stop whistleblowers from blowing the whistle on what's really going on. They also have a, a pandemic disinformation toolkit uh to help um local governments or corporations push out propaganda in their neighborhoods. So, you know, D- DHS is working really hard as far as I can see. In doing its own disinformation as, as its new director, you've probably seen her tweets. Um, her calling, calling, uh, the Biden, Hunter Biden laptop fake news basically is what she was doing. So she is well skilled in disinformation herself. So maybe the name of this governance board is fitting. They are in charge of putting out disinformation including whole news packets on the pandemic to try to counter what's really going on as far as we can tell. So um, you should just know that, you know, this, this new disinformation board is kind of bringing to the forefront. What's already been going on. DHS has already been um, fighting hard to censor key information in regards to election and the pandemic. And they've made that very clear in multiple terrorist headline bulletins that they have put out over the course of the past year. Yes, this is a very concerning time that they would do that. That's what's happening in our world. Now, another key thing that happened the next day, because here's what happened. April 4th, or I'm sorry, April 21st, Obama gives a speech on disinformation at Stanford University Cyber Policy Center. Then a week later, uh, April 27th, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas announces the disinformation governance board. Then the next day, uh, April 28th, 60 nations sign a declaration for the future of the Internet. It's not just the U.S. uh, that's cracking down on free speech, it is a lot of nations. It's obviously a lot worse in other nations. Now I, people may have glossed over what happened with the declaration for the future of the internet. Uh, let me show you this headline. Uh, so this is Yahoo news, us EU members among 60 nations calling for open global internet. These Nations consorted in about a two-hour Zoom call that was broadcast on the White House's YouTube page, very low-key. Uh, I've linked that, that YouTube broadcast down in my description. It only has 6,000 views because it was an unlisted YouTube where they, they discussed their vision for the future of the inter- Internet. They talked a lot, a lot about free speech and that they were huge – proponents of free speech and they were basically doing the exact same thing that president obama did the week prior where obama loved free speech but just wanted to censor it like crazy very manipulative conversations in fact if you missed my youtube last week where i highlighted obama's speech take a look at a quick highlight here
7: i'm pretty close to a first amendment absolutist
4: and i was like well gosh i agree with this guy
7: robust Sometimes antagonistic exchange of ideas produces better outcomes. Everything he's saying is spot on. The First Amendment is a check on the power of the state.
4: Then he gets the crux of what he really means, which is the complete opposite of what he just said.
7: I believe we have to address not just the supply of toxic information, but also the demand for it.
4: He literally counters everything he just said.
7: Lies, conspiracy theories, junk science quackery regulation has to be part of the answer.
4: Well, I went from being like, well, yeah, I'm agreeing with everything Obama's saying to being horrified.
7: The truth is is that a good regulatory environment usually ends up spurring innovation. While content moderation can limit the distribution of clearly dangerous content, it doesn't go far enough.
4: And this was just quite a manipulative speech.
7: If a meatpacking company has a proprietary Terry technique to keep, say, our hot dogs fresh and clean. (laughs) They don't have to reveal to the world what that technique is. They do have to tell the meat inspector. These big platforms need to be subject to some level of public oversight and regulation.
4: So that analogy about meatpacking companies and hot dogs was one of the most concerning parts to me about the Obama speech because... What he's saying is that uh, the social media platforms like Twitter need to be regulated like a meatpacking company where the public doesn't get to see what's being censored. But the corporation has to report to the government what's going on and, and prove to the government quietly that it is censoring the things that the government wants censored without the public ever knowing. That's the analogy he was making, which was horrifying to me after he started the speech by saying that he's a free speech absolutist, highly manipulative. Um, so what we saw from these 60 nations signing the declaration for the Internet was as far as I could see the same sort of game that Obama played the week prior. Here is the declaration for the future of internet, which I have linked down in my description. Let me play a couple of key sound bites from the zoom call as all these 60 nations signed this declaration live on zoom. Here is uh, Biden's, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan talking about it.
1: Every day we see headlines on digital tools being used to repress freedom of expression, to deny other fundamental human rights and fundamental freedoms. And we face every day a rising tide of disinformation that sows division and conflict and hate around the world. It's no secret that the Internet and its future has become a key part Uh, of the battle for democratic principles and democratic progress uh, and to push back against democratic backsliding around the world.
4: Okay, so that is just after President Obama talked about democratic backsliding around the world. That's literally like the same wording that Obama used. Uh, So it's, it's very interesting that they're talking about the same wording. They're talking about loving free speech as they sign this declaration for the future of the internet while being very concerned about disinformation. Now the declaration for the future of the internet, they talk about loving free, uh, our fundamental freedoms and free expression. And then they mention disinformation. Okay. So State sponsored or condoned malicious behavior is on the rise, including the spread of disinformation and cybercrime such as ransomware affecting the security and resilience of critical infrastructure while holding at risk vital public and private assets. So what you see in each one of these instances with Obama, with DHS, and with the 60 nations signing this declaration is that they always mix, they're mixing disinformation in with You know, other actual crimes like ransomware. Disinformation is not a crime. Disinformation and misinformation is protected by the First Amendment. Um, so what we have here is, is they're, they're basically saying in this agreement for the future of the internet that they want to shut down what they consider to be disinformation, which is, is really vague and as, as I witness and many of us have probably witnessed firsthand is that truthful information we've tried to put out that didn't fit the narrative got zapped online as quote unquote disinformation. So it goes on to say disinformation and foreign malign activity is used to sow division and conflict between individuals or groups in society undermining Respect for and protection of human rights in democratic institutions. Yeah, they mentioned disinformation three times here. I just, I searched that keyword. And uh, so... They go on to say exposure to diverse content online should contribute to pluralistic public discourse, foster greater social and digital inclusion within society, bolster resilience to disinformation and misinformation and increase participation in democratic processes. Um, so they want to create trust in the digital Ecosystem uh, work together to combat cybercrime. You know, uh, most most of what they talked about sounded like sounded great, but I am pretty concerned about how they want to zap this vague term disinformation. They want to zap disinformation. Um, As far as I can tell, that is code for censoring things that the government doesn't want. They mention elections down here. Refrain from using the internet to undermine the electoral infrastructure, elections, and political processes, including through covert information manipulation campaigns. So that's very concerning too. Look, I'm all about, um, securing elections and keeping them off of the internet. But they go, they, they talk about information manipulation campaigns. That means censoring information in regards to the election. Um, you have to ha- be able to have free discussion about what's really going on with elections. Um, e- you have to. E- elections have always been um, dirty games in regards to words. Going back to the founding of our nation, the um, the candidates and their parties and and people who average voters who associate with various parties have always duked it out hard in information warfare um, and. You, you always have to sift through and figure out what's true. And if we can't do that anymore, we're not in a free society anymore. If, if we're we're leaving it up to government to decide what we can see in regards to elections. So anyway, the de- Declaration for the Future of the Internet really concerns me. Like I said, vast majority of, of the talk that these people did on Zoom, as re- in, re- in addition to what's written here, sounds wonderful and like it's pro free speech but they throw in this extremely concerning uh terminology and um each representatives from each nation talked uh on the Zoom call the UK digital secretary talked about the online safety bill that the UK is putting out uh which is basically a crackdown on free speech in the UK um she she kind of Blows the lid off of this. Everyone talking was doing so well and just being, you know, low key and saying that they love free speech. But she, she kind of said a little bit too much to let the people, to to let average citizens such as myself, see that what they're actually trying to do is control free, uh, control speech, not liberate it. Uh, So here's what she said:
8: As the UK's digital secretary, doing more to protect people online is one of my main priorities. And last month I was proud to introduce a groundbreaking online safety bill to the UK Parliament that will make the internet safer for everyone. Our legislation has the protection of children at its heart. It will tackle criminal activity online. And crucially, it is underpinned by our commitment to fundamental freedoms and human rights, particularly free speech. I believe we're at a turning point in the digital age. We're entering a new chapter where tech companies are held fully accountable for the content on their platforms. That they uphold their own promises to their users to protect people from toxic, racist and misogynistic abuse and protect children from cyberbullying and other harmful behaviour. That we make sure the Internet is a place where people's rights to participate in society and engage in robust debate, are protected. Our measures, and the measures that we're seeing elsewhere, such as in the EU and Australia, will help to make the internet a safer place for everyone.
4: Okay, yeah, because uh, Australia is such a wonderful place to live right now. Um, uh, she mentions Australia. Yeah, we had, we had nations like Australia and Canada talking on that zoom call about how much they love freedom. And it was just like, Oh, that's interesting. I totally believe you. But anyway, so the, it's uh it's a concerning time. And like when governments are taking away our liberties, they're never going to be straight up about it. They're going to be manipulative, uh, manipulative about it. So you just have to, um, keep your eyes open and and read between the lines on, on what they're up to, just like the Germans should have done when Hitler was censoring their free speech in the name of security and a national emergency. That's exactly what Hitler did. Someone burned down a federal building and then Hitler said, Oh my gosh, we need to censor speech because obviously it was the hate hateful rhetoric here. Um, that this one group, he accused one group of burning down the federal building and said, if we can censor their speech, that group won't do it again. So we're actually going to censor all speech and only Nazi speech will be allowed, he said. And that, that once, once the speech was completely controlled, Hitler just ran wild. You know, and the people let it happen because they're like, oh, my gosh, well, I hear our nation is under siege uh, by by these radicals. So we better just allow some temporary censorship. H- Hitler said it'll only be four months. You know, anyway, so we just don't want that to happen again, you guys. Um, so this is all insanely concerning to me. And um, I just thought I'd I'd alert you guys all about what's happening. And um, DHS has indeed, for the past year, been calling Americans who talk about elections and the pandemic and, and our liberties being stripped away a terrorism threat. We're a terrorism threat if we say that the government is going too far and uh Breaking, you know, violating the constitution, and if we talk about what we can do to take back our power, DHS says we're a terrorism threat. Interesting note in uh, end of January 2020, uh, uh, a part of DHS was designated as a security agency. When an agency receives that designation as a security agency they get an extra level of secrecy. They're cloaked in more secrecy, meaning if you do a Freedom of Information Act request to figure out what they're really up to, you will not get full details. More things will be blacked out when you do get the information back. So DHS got an extra boost of secrecy so it can do whatever it wants without the public knowing. Starting in the beginning of 2020, I just thought that was very interesting. And now we're seeing DHS do these very creepy things. We should all be aware of that. Hey, thank you for the super chat. Michael, this is just support you bringing the truth. I appreciate that. Michael, thank you so much. Looking at your comments now, guys. Um, what's up? What do you guys think of, um, what we're seeing from DHS? Oh yeah. I'm seeing, um, I'm scrolling to the top here. You have a, um, oh, my new tunes. I'm going to drop a new song soon. You guys, um, you have a song stuck in your head far from mainstream. That is an awesome song I wrote and I am going to produce it at some point. The next song I'm releasing is kind of in regards to pandemic related stuff. Um, search Ivory hacker on any streaming service. You'll see the four songs I have out right now. I mainly write love songs. Um, far from mainstream is a song about death actually. Um, but it's a pretty, it's a very pretty song. And thank you so much for shouting out my music. Um, thanks so much guys. All right. Well, with that being said, I am going to wrap up the day and keep you updated on more stuff tomorrow. Okay. See you guys later.